Cool. I'm fantastic. Sorry. It's all great. Welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, uh, reaching out and, uh, you know, excited to talk to you today. So just to let you know, Maria, our, our audience, mainly real estate agents and a lot of them uh, in their first five years. Excellent. So yeah, this will be posted on YouTube, uh, podcast, um, Spotify, and iTunes. So it'd be great okay. to for you. But first and foremost, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. And... Yeah, Maria, uh, how do you say, Quattrone? Quattrone, yes. Thanks, John, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell us about uh, your journey in real estate. How did you get started? Oh, my. My journey in real estate started in 2004. I used to be an account manager for a group of radio stations in Philadelphia, and I was disenchanted with my career after 11 years. Mm. And a friend of mine told me about real estate. So... I researched it. I met with his business partner and here I am. It wasn't that easy, obviously, but uh, it's, yeah, 2004. So 2005 was my first year full-time in real estate. No kidding. And that time the market was on fire in the United States and six, seven, eight, nine uh, was a doozy. Was a, the financial crisis, everything started crashing. Did that happen in your market? So I actually didn't know that the market was really busy in 05 because I worked at a very tiny brokerage Okay, and I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I just knew I was doing deals and then wow. every day I would come in and I would open up sheet on the MLS, John. And I said, oh my God, there's a lot of inventory. And every day I would look at it and I got scared and scared and scared and scared. Yeah. And yeah. I went to my broker because we're a small office and I said, hey, did you look at the inventory, the absorption rate? And he's looking at me like, I'm crazy. I'm like, there's 16 months of inventory. First, it was like 11. Then it jumped like in a couple of weeks to so like 16. And well, then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. And, and, and throughout all that, did your production uh, go down from your first year or did it consistently grow as you were, um, you know, starting in a, in a high inventory market. How, how did you deal with that? So I became the queen of expired listings. Wow. Okay. Nice. So built my business on uh, calling expires and there were a lot of them. And so I have signs all over Philadelphia, um, like a hundred signs at a time. And investors started the call. They wanted me to give them opportunities. You know, they wanted to deal. So, um, the first couple of years, we had a lot of that going on. And then, you know what happened in 07, 08? Then I got some of that business from developers that did not finish the project. Mm. And so that we repositioned them into the marketplace to uh, to dispose that asset. And we just grew it from there. So we actually did more business as the market got worse and worse. Oh, my goodness. So because you built up your business through expired listings, you had a lot of signs and you get a lot of sign calls. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we know this uh, Maria Cutrone person is doing a lot of business and developers started reaching out to you to dispose of their asset, which meant Absolutely. more listings for you. Exactly. So your start exactly. with expired listings. Um, did you have any formal training, coaching to help you with scripting and dialogue with expires or you just call them and said, Hey, it expired. Let me come over. 
So my training prior to real estate, I sold advertising, I sold radio. So I sold air. So selling air. So if you could sell air, you could sell anything because you can't see it, feel it, or touch it. So when I got into real estate, I said, oh my God, everybody needs a house or an apartment. Everybody's a client potentially, right? So I hit the ground running because I already did the hard core sales uh, work early on. And I knocked on a lot of doors when I was in advertising. Literally, I did go door to door. So that was interesting. Uh, but I took everything that I learned and I brought it into real estate. And then what I did over the, the first several years is just really, really hunker down and study the marketplace. Mm, okay. So you had some formal training. I, I would think. Well, I don't say formal training. I would call it right. like street training, like boots on the ground, go out, go walk into a business and ask them who handles the advertising. So we didn't have a script for that. Wow. When I got into real estate, I didn't have a script in the beginning, but I knew how to talk to people mm -hmm. and I can make people feel comfortable with me and they like my enthusiasm. And so, you know, a little bit of that fake it before you make it, but somewhat, I guess. Um, they didn't know if I was in the business for a week or five years. I just was like, let's go We're gonna buy this house. Um, I did start then learning the scripts on, of expires. Gotcha. Who did you uh, sign up with uh, coaching. for coaching or, or mentorship with expireds? I worked with Mike Ferry. Oh, Mike Ferry. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So way back then. And, and so I was with Mike Ferry as well. I don't know if we've ever met in the system. I, I, I signed up in 08. Okay. Yeah. So maybe because I was probably in there from maybe 06, 7, 8, 9, 10, maybe okay. 11, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. The organization was so big and I was still a baby when I signed up and I, I just kept to myself. I probably, you know, didn't go out and network. That's why we didn't meet. So you did have some formal training afterwards, but it was your enthusiasm, right? Your I think willingness it was to work. confidence, desire, and doing the work. I did the work. I was the first one in the office at 730. We had a pretty big office at the time I was with about 10,000 square feet. Wow. over two floors and I used to turn the lights on. My goodness. So why, you know, cause a lot of people that come into real estate uh, don't have any formal sales training. You have some experience, but you had the desire and you're willing to work. Why so motivated? I think that stems from childhood. I think it comes from not having a lot and, putting like drawing a line in the sand when I was probably seven years old and said, I'm going to be successful and I'm going to do the right thing along the way. Granted, you make mistakes, you all make, you know, mistakes along the way, but I just made that determination very, very young. And I started my entrepreneur journey when I was probably about seven years old, painting, pet, making pet rocks out of a rock, selling them, going, selling lemonade on the corner with popcorn. I made the popcorn like the kind you make in the pan. You know, that's you have to put the oil and then the popcorn and then you put it in the bowl and you put the butter on it, that kind of popcorn and put it in little baggies and we sold it. And then I would go door to door, door knocking. I sold Girl Scout cookies. I also sold um, wrapping paper and 
um, Christmas cards and Hanukkah cards. So every item I sold, I got a dollar. So if the total was say $500 and I sold a hundred items, I got a hundred bucks. In fact, first year I did sell 128 items and then they send them to me and then I would ship them out. To, I would drop them off to the people. That's amazing. <laughs> Guys from, I don't know anybody, uh, anybody that I've, everybody that I've uh, interviewed, nobody's ever started that young and said, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm going to be successful at seven years old. Yeah. So tell us more about your, your, you know, life when you were growing up. Uh, what was it like, uh, you know, parents, siblings? Um, what yeah. Was so I, my mom and dad, um, and my sister, my two sisters and my brother and I, we lived in a small house, three bedrooms, one bath in Northeast Philadelphia. And it was tight. Um, and it was a little crazy. And, you know, there were times when we had no money, um, unfortunately. And I remember going to the store. And at the time, you know, I had this little card now that you can just like swipe like a credit card for food stamps. So we actually had like food stamps in a book. And so it was really embarrassing to go to the supermarket and I used to do the shopping, my sister and I, and then we would walk home like six blocks with all these bags of food and that we would get for our family. And so I grew up like cooking and cleaning and grocery shopping at like a really young age. Mm. And I decided, and I took care of my brothers and sisters um, and helped out. And I just decided that, you know, I was going to get through high school go to college, be the first one in my family. I'm a first generation college grad. Wow. I didn't even know that was a thing until I read an article the other day, but first generation college grad. And um, yeah, I worked, I paid my way through uh, college by working in the bar industry. I was a waitress and bartender. I did that full time while I went to school full time and graduated and you know, I did an internship while I was in graduation. So I was able uh, at NBC, um, it was NBC, it's now 10, but it used to be channel three. And then I was able to get a job at another NBC affiliate in advertising and then segued my back, my way back into Philadelphia into advertising sales. So that I said, when I got enough business, I'll be in 10 years. I was in 11, but one of those years was also in real estate. Right. Wow. I mean, that's that's an amazing story. So uh, growing up with hardship, uh, had you become gritty? And even still, I think, you know, when we come into real estate, we we experience a lot of setbacks. Right. How, how do you deal with a setback? For example, um, deals falling apart. The client signs with somebody else. The client buys with somebody else. Ah, my mindset's not so strong today. How, how do you deal with that? So like all those setbacks to me is just part of the business. I don't really care. And because I'm not attached to the outcome. So deals fall apart. Boo-hoo, what are you going to do? I mean, we can't force a deal to be together. Like if the buyer doesn't perform or the seller doesn't perform, we cannot control that outcome. Mm. So I don't worry myself about any of that kind of stuff. And it's because I have a mindset to start every day at zero. So every day at our company, we're looking for sellers to list properties we're looking for you know agents and other people to join our company um so you just got to focus on one do the next thing right do the next thing right and don't be attached to the outcome i love progress, that progress not perfection 
progress, not perfection. And boo-hoo if a deal falls apart. Boo-hoo if someone signs a listing with somebody else. Boo-hoo. Just control the controllables. Keep going. Now, it's been 25 years, right? 25 years, years in, in real estate this years year. In real estate. Plus what? almost 30 years in sales. But I would say my sales career started when I was probably seven. So yeah. So that's like, I don't know how I'm a not, lot. I don't know. We don't yeah. have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so 18, 18, 19 years in real estate now. Uh, what does your team look like? And um, do you own a brokerage and do you own multiple businesses now? What, what does that all look like? Yeah, sure. So we, you know, I own the brokerage. It's Remax at Home in Philadelphia. We currently operate as a team office. Okay. Um, that can that could change any day though, and we have about twenty people in our company right now and growing. We also just opened a Motto Mortgage franchise. Our company's Motto Mortgage Expert Solutions. We opened in January, which is doing. We are doing the work now to get things to the funnel, but I can tell you it was one of the best decisions we made. Mm. We haven't yet like, you know, made we're we're not whole yet or anything like that. And it's not like we're money's like just pouring in, but we are able to help the clients seamlessly now. Mm. And before we were waiting for these lenders to get back to us and our leads weren't important to them. Right. Mm. Uh explain it like this. So we're, we're a marketing company. We do a lot of marketing, so we bring a lot of leads in. Right. So those people need to get either they're paying cash or they get a mortgage. If they're getting a mortgage, we want to get them over to somebody that can qualify them at day. Not tomorrow, not the next day. And what we found, especially during pandemic, was they weren't getting back to our leads because these aren't signed clients yet. And because of that, the business was just falling away. And we were mm. paying for the front end of it and weren't getting anything from the back end. So I fixed that problem. Our number one value at our company is to be the solution. And I fixed that problem by buying the mortgage franchise and putting people in place in order to facilitate a smoother transaction for our buyer clients. That's amazing. So you took care of that problem. Now the online leads are getting pre-qualified. And then the agent- We get a lot of phone calls. And we have an ISA. And he also mm -hmm. makes outbound calls to our database. And so because we market to our database, we use follow-up boss and I send marketing videos um, at least like once every other week, if not once a week, we send something out. So over time, we've developed Mindshare in our prospect's mind. And so we have like 14 or 15,000 people in there right now. We should oh. have more, but, but I don't know what happened to that other <laughs> database. But anyway, we got around that. And so we talk to them all the time and then we reach out via phone. Um, so you can't call 15,000 people, but I can do videos for them. That's amazing. 15,000 in your database. You should be doing like hundreds of deals with that. So build up your database guys and build up your database. Yeah. T talk a little bit about ISA because it's some, it's a topic that most team leaders are going towards. Um, what's the difference between having your agents call versus an, an inside sales agent call on behalf of the agents? So we do both. We have, okay. an, we have a hybrid model. Agents should follow up with their clients, okay? But the new leads coming in, and I hate the word lead, by the way. I call it opportunity. Mm. The new opportunities coming into our, our company, we want there to be somebody who picks up the phone. I say 98% of the time we answer the phone, okay? Wow. So the okay. phone's answered all the time. If it's, so then at that point, 
point, we can then either direct them. Do they need a pre-approval? Are they a renter? Are they a seller? Or are they a buyer and they're paying cash and we set the appointment? So it's rare if somebody calls that we don't set an appointment. We usually turn appointments over from our from our inquiries. And then if it's an online lead, we just call them first and then we, we try to set the appointment and then assign them to an agent. So what's in the agent's database, so they can call in the pond. We have a pond of people that, I mean, I could have 50 more agents here and still not have enough people to call into the pond. So it's a hybrid. We do both. That's great. So there's no right or wrong. It's either, uh, it's not either or, it's both. It's ISA yeah. and you have to have your agents call and follow yeah, up. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The main thing is you need lead to speed. You need to call them pretty fast, don't you? Yeah. We, don't like, we have to pick up, we pick up the phone. So we're picking up the phone, even if um, it's not that right person, we'll put them on hold for a moment to get them over to the right person. But everybody in the office will answer the phone except pretty much me. Yeah. Are you still in production yourself, taking listings and buyers or just <sighs> leading team now? So I kind of stepped out in November, but I have a few select clients I work with. And I was thinking about that, actually. I came home to do this, to talk with you. So it was quiet. Thank you. And I was walking home because my office in the house is like seven minutes away by foot. So I walk home and I'm thinking, oh, if I... Maybe I should sell again. Like I was thinking about it and I'm thinking, well, maybe I could just pick only the ones I want to work with and only the ones that are like, you know, a certain criteria they meet. And I don't know, I'm toying around with it. Yeah. I'd like to be busy. <laughs> definitely. It definitely looks like it. And for you're such a driver, by the way. And and you just it seems like you're unstoppable, you know, all throughout your career, even from the time you were seven years old, drawing the line in the sand. And with uh, most drivers and successful people, I know they make quick decisions and not afraid to make quick decisions. Is that you? I think I make decisions pretty quickly. I mean, sometimes I ponder on them and sometimes I change my mind but I don't like things undone. Mm. And so I constantly have lists I make of things. And now my things on my list are bigger things. It's not like, hey, call that client. It's like, hey, you got to formalize that JV this week. So you have a million things, things on your plate. How do you prioritize? Because you have time block. business. Time block, okay. Yes, I have a calendar and I follow calendar and I try to put everything in there. Um, yeah, we all have the same amount of hours in a day. I also don't waste time doing So doing that, right? I focus on the task at hand. And I just, every day, I just want to move things a little bit further along. And then the next day, and guess what? Even though I'm a driver and I'm motivated and I have confidence, I have like days where I don't feel good either. Right. And so I, what do I do? I meditate. Mm. I go to gratitude and I am thankful. Wow. And when I go to gratitude and I'm thankful and then I, I'll, I'll put into the universe. Here's why I'm thankful. Here's why I'm grateful. And, and like we say a prayer every night, about that, my husband and I, and we, and we also give back to the community. So those things keep you grounded, keep me motivated, but also keep things in check. Right. And I know that, gosh, I always think everybody thinks, oh, I want a better house or a better car or better this. You yeah. know what? Somebody would be happy to have what you have. So be mm -hmm. blessed and grateful and enjoy the journey. Ah, that, that was so much gold. 
So what I got from that is really enjoy the journey because we're always thinking about the next thing, but you don't enjoy the now. And guys, be grateful. Be grateful for what you have or else the universe will not give you more. It's just a, it's a universal law. And being involved in the community, talk, talk a little bit about that. Does, does that help uh, business as well? Or is it just totally just focus on contribution? Well, I've been involved in charitable things for a very long time, going back to the Girl Scouts. Okay. And so even in grade school, I would go to the, I forget what it was called, but the, where the old, there was an old person's home, St. Vincent's actually, St. Vincent's. And we would make them at the holidays, these wreaths all made of candy and we would deliver them and we would sing, you know, Christmas songs to them. And this is just, I used to go and and hang out with the nuns. I went to Catholic school. I used to go there and like shine their silverware, like crazy stuff, but, um, and then in high school, I was involved with all kinds of different things. In college, I was in involved with the National Kidney Foundation. Uh-huh. And I've been on boards. I've been on um, nonprofit boards. I've donated to lots of different causes. Um, right now, I just made a pretty large donation to my past high school, St. Hubert, and a five-year commitment I made to them. I also we get back to the real estate community. Mm. And we right now offer a scholarship program where we bring people through the school. Um, we've been focusing on helping specifically women and minorities, but we bring them through the school, mentoring while they're in classes. Once they pass their exam, bringing them into our training, which is called Rise in Real Estate. So we bring them in Rise in Real Estate. And within two weeks, they go through that for two weeks. They are the next week rocking and rolling and showing property and doing buyer consults and rental consults and doing deals. So we expect that within the first 30 days after the two weeks that you will have at least three pieces of business under contract because we do the work while we're in the class. It's not just sitting in the classroom. Oh my goodness. Uh, It's a big contribution. You mean you're putting, um, you know, aspiring agents through school, through a scholarship and actually getting them productive. Yes. Is that that how you build your team? Is that how you build your team? Um, a little bit, yeah. We so up until just a couple, maybe a year or so ago, it was like lean and mean. We did marketing and advertising, and we were cranking out a couple hundred units a year with small group. Wow! And then I decided, well, let's either stay with that and then go maybe somewhere else, or keep the company and grow. So those are the two choices, and I picked the second one. Nice. So, yeah, I I was just going to say, you have a big real estate team. That's 20 agents. That's a big team. That's between staff and and agents. Okay, staff and agents, 20 people, 20 staff and agents, and you own a mortgage company, and you obviously contribute to the community. You've done it all in real estate. I mean, this is is like the quintessential successful real estate team leader, uh, real estate person in your community. What's next for Maria? So this year we are going to continue to grow um, these entities as well as launch an insurance company. And we are partnering with the title company to do a joint venture with them. And also I have a podcast called Be The Solution. So I'd love to have you on that. And what is it called? Being The Solution? Be The Solution. Be The Solution. Wow. Yes. Okay. And I also would like to start to write my book before the end of the year. Wow. 
Okay, it's just you, you don't stop, do you? You just keep on moving. Well, well I, you know, I, I was sick over the holidays uh, with that C-19 thing. <laughs> right. And my husband and I were stuck in the house for seven days, eight days together from Christmas Eve until New Year's Day. Not very good. driven you crazy. I was not a happy camper. <laughs> and I said, what do people do all day long? Because there's nothing to watch on TV. I guess maybe we could have been to a lot of Netflix, but that's not my style. We actually did, we were working um, because we were getting onboarded with our underwriters. I mean, our wholesalers. And so uh, we were busy with that. But outside of that, we were not doing that many things. And I don't know. I, I couldn't stay home all day. How do you, what would you uh, give the agents um, in terms of a mindset? Because a lot of agents are more in inaction than action. How do you, what would you tell an agent that's in inaction right now and can't take action to be more like you? Oh, who's not in action? Yeah, a lot of a lot, a lot of us, me included. I, I used to be, you know, very. I procrastinate all the time. I even still procrastinate today, right? And they're more in stagnant than in in action what would you say to them to get them moving i think one of the biggest things for people in general is they focus on their big why and the big why could be really really big and scary and so if they don't take any action because it's too big they don't mm. know how it's going to get done instead mm. focus on micro commitments focus on what you can do today and only focus on today Okay, I'm going to make 20 contacts today. What does that mean? If I make 8 to 12 an hour, two hours. If you can't do that, focus on one hour. Make 10 contacts. Take, write six things down that must get done today. Wow. Top six. That's it. Six things. It's, this is absolute gold. Guys, um, if you are not taking action and procrastinating, it's because you're focused too much on the big and goal and it's overwhelming to look at that but it's overwhelming. Is telling us to chunk it down to just just today right just, just today john just things. today yeah six things put them on your list and then don't do anything else until they're done <laughs> don't do anything else until they're done do I the must don't answer your cell phone you can't Unless be distracted yeah. You can't be distracted. So just focusing on the day at hand, breaking, because here's the reality. If you don't make the day, you won't make the week. If you don't make the week, you won't make the month. If you don't make the month, you won't make the year. Wow. We only can focus on what we have in front of us. And that's the present today. And there's no guarantees for tomorrow. And life is uncertain. We just went through a pandemic. We all mm -hmm. learned the uncertainty of life. So I can't control any of those things. So all I can say is, what can I get done today? So that's I can feel accomplished. Can and that's yeah. right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So Maria, if you had one piece of advice, because um, right now we're just finishing up the first quarter and the market's changing a little bit. I don't know if it's changing for you. What would you tell agents right now in this market condition to move forward and rock 2022? One, I'd work on my skills. I think the agents that are the most skilled in the business 
are going to succeed. I think that people have had it very, very easy the last several years. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be very easy. It's going to get harder. I think if you can push through this year, double, triple down on this year, you're going to come out very good for next year. There's going to be a lot of bumpy roads uh, ahead of us. The interest rates yesterday were 4.875. So this is going to cause compression and pricing mm. for sellers. So if you have sellers on the fence, call them now and get them off the fence to list the property if they want to sell this year. If they want to sell, if they're not, I mean, they don't want to sell, they don't want to sell. But if there are people who are out there and they just haven't got it, the I and cross the T on that contract, make sure you get that done and get those listed as soon as possible. You know, I do think we're going to see some up and down in the rates uh, over the next little bit. And people still need to buy homes because they get married, they get divorced. Look for people with lifestyle changes. Somebody passes away, house usually needs to be sold, right? Eventually. So also growing families, also empty nesters. Look for reasons, lifestyle reasons. Not just like somebody like me. I just want to buy because I want to buy. <laughs> I can say at my house, we could say at our home. And if the house comes along, comes along. We did put offers in, but we're not going to sit there and pay all this extra when we don't need to. Right. So I'm not a good buyer for somebody like as an investor. Yes, but not as a home buyer. I wouldn't look for people like me. I would look for the people that have to actually sell that house. Anybody on the fence that need to sell. This is the time, guys. If you can make it through this year, double down this year, you're going to be dominating the next few years. Great advice. Thank you so much for today, Maria. How can we send you referrals and how can we join your team in Philadelphia? So you can reach out to me. I'm going to give you an easy email, maria at callmq.com. Otherwise, the other ones are too long. You can also reach me um, via cell, 215-694-3903. And my Instagram handle is sold by MQ. And I'm on Facebook. So you can message me on there as well and follow me there. Awesome. Well, Maria, thank you so much for all the value that you brought today. And uh, I would love to be on your podcast. We'll catch up again. This is amazing. John, it was great. Thank you you so much for the opportunity. I hope that this was a value to you and your listeners. And I look forward to seeing you in the very near future. Thank you again. Thanks, everyone. Happy hump day.